praying, looking around this room, I'm praying for like two weeks, please make this stop. I don't know how to do it. I'm not strong enough. I don't care who at this point shows up. I don't care which one of you gods shows up. Someone get me the out of here. And the last day I remember I did 17 injections of meth and heroin. And the last one I injected in a vein in my Nothing is working. So you did 12 years, man, uh, 12 and a half years, you get out of prison and, uh, your drug addiction is just more rampant. Than my drug addiction is increased, but it's also increased by my PTSD. Um, my PTSD was sick. I, I would wash my boxers in the sink. I would wear shower shoes. I was overwhelmed with, I remember my mom stopping on the drive home from prison and I could AM PM. And I remember going in and seeing the tremendous amount of options when it comes to each brand of soda there was like seven different flavors and styles of each brand for pepsi from i mean it was like seven different glass refrigerators full of there were so many different options it overwhelmed me and then the cell phone thing i went into prison with a sony razor flip phone of verizon which was the hot commodity back then i come home with an iphone 5 something oh, it was almost shit. an iphone 6 or something and i came home to and it was a. Uh, or iPhone 5, I don't remember, 5S, or I forget which one it was, but it, the technology scared me. I kept breaking cell phones because I kept freaking out with the location thing. They're tracking me. All the features were fucking me up. I got PTSD. I, I like commandeered a room at my mom's house and turned it into a jail cell. I painted it, remodeled it, made it really cool with, you know, the walls painted black, black lights. I put curtains up. I made it into like my own little nice jail cell. And I would sit up in that room. I'd have a girl come over when I wanted the company of a woman. And I would just do drugs and drink coffee and fucking sit up there and just do whatever shit I wanted to do without leaving much. Really? How did yeah. you get a girl to come over, man? Oh, I, I, had, I don't know. Just, you know, you find some girl that wants to get high. You get high, you have sex, she leaves. Come back a week later, same thing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So you always had a, you know, plethora of girls willing to get high. I've had it. Yeah, there's, I, that wasn't ever a problem for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you get it. So you now you have this a drug addiction and uh, you... When did you find out? When did you want to get sober? What happened? I tried so if you like did, I said, did you I tried back in the gang. No, at this point, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm always from the gang, but I've kind of evolved into a different level. I'm not going down to the hood. I'm not hanging out with the homies no more. I went to prison. I did different things. I'm 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 at a different level. Prison street gangs are the lower level of when you get involved with prison politics and prison gangs. I jumped into that next level. And not that I don't like I love my hood. I'll always be from my hood. It's a part of me forever. And I'm always, I, I feel like I'm going to be accepted for the most part there. But I've also, it's a different level I'm at now. So I'm not hanging out with the homies on the block. And mind gotcha. you, I've also got a pretty big drug addiction that's more important than going to the hood. Right. Oh, so, yeah. So that's really what's fueling your everything else kind of yeah. from this point. So where are you getting the money? 
Well, I, like I said, I've had a Navy pension that, that uh, I always have money regardless. Now that I'm holding that's active again. So I have a, I have money regardless. That's right. So you're, so you're, uh, that's what you don't even have to go work really. No. So you're just feeding that drug habit by the Navy pension and you commandeered the room in your mom's house. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't commandeer it at first. She gave it to me thinking I'm going to come home and be good. And I fucked that up. I started my behavior over the course of a year or two got increasingly worse and worse and worse until I've deteriorated so bad that I'm just, I've turned that room. I've actually uh, disassembled the whole upstairs of their house for the most part to where my parents are staying downstairs because they don't want to come upstairs. Um, I've torn the, the staircase down to floorboards, my room, the drywall's ripped off. I'm injecting methamphetamine and heroin every day, five, six times a day that the room looks like, I mean, I turned a million dollar home in Santa Rita into a trap house. And um, there's graffiti on the walls, the electrical outlets. I've disassembled the electricity. I've gutted the air conditioning heater units in the attic. I've destroyed this home. But mind that- you, in, in my head, I'm remodeling the home. I'm Kim the tool man, Tweaker Taylor, running around with combat boots on and socks to my knee and boxers, working a bandsaw with a tool belt on and a bandana and a headlamp at three in the morning. I'm running around, got the neighbors calling my mom. They're like, what the fuck? There's tools going, electrical tools, power saws. I'm, but mind you, in my head, I'm fixing the house, but I'm really destroying the home. Right. You know, right. there's a fuck. I'm swinging from the chandelier. I'm tweaking out. There's <laughs> there's porn going at all times of the day or night on stereo surround sound. There's just fucking, it's just insanity what I did to this room. And I, like uh, my friend pointed out, I call it that damn room. It's just, it became... That damn room became the bane of my existence. Wow. Yeah. How did, I mean, so your parents, but they didn't like call the police and say, hey, get the fuck out? I don't know how they didn't. They did everything they could to not call the police and not send me back to prison because they knew I'd probably never come home from prison. And um, they probably should have a few times because I broke shit. I hit, I attacked my dad a couple times when I was under the influence of meth. There's just... uh, I, my behavior was just um because that makes you do fucked up shit oh yeah i was accusing everyone of fucking my girlfriend i haven't had a girlfriend mind you in six or seven months she's left i have a girlfriend that left to the state of pennsylvania but in my head my dad's got something going on with her or one of my friends got something going on with her i'm insane i was turning i was doing so much meth and heroin that my brain was turning schizophrenic wow dude yeah. that is that's that's shocking i mean yeah. So what did, so what changed? You were in this room. How well, did- after, I remember after one of the times I remember I hit my dad with an alarm clock and I remember, I remember, uh, excuse me, I remember the look on his face and realizing what I put him through when I hit him with an alarm clock from behind because I thought he was sleeping with my girlfriend. Mind you, he's married to my mom. They've always been married. And I'm accusing my dad of something outlandish and I hit him. I hit him because the psychosis in my head made me believe that's what happened. Um, for a couple weeks, I continued to do drugs after that, and I, but I started just getting exhausted. I was just getting exhausted with this behavior, and um, I remember praying. I believe in Jesus and Odin. I mean, because I got some Viking in my history, so I believe in both, and uh, I'm praying to both of these gods. Please make this stop every day for like two weeks. Please, I can't do this anymore. At this point, I'm, I'm addicted, so I'm just injecting meth and or heroin back and forth all day long because I'm addicted. I'm not even having fun anymore. I'm not enjoying it. 
I'm not even enjoying jacking off, watching the porn. I'm not enjoying painting the walls anymore. I'm not enjoying disassembling my mom's house like I used to. I'm not enjoying drawing. I've lost all joy and I'm at the point where I'm just like just, just surviving in a room that is pitch black. There's no lights, there's sheets covering the windows. There's candles burned down to nubs for lights. I've, the outlets are all ripped off because I've disassembled the outlets. The, the, there's, the ceiling fan is hanging with wires exposed. It's, in a, it's an electrical fire hazard. The carpet's ripped up to floorboards. The drywall's ripped off the walls. The walls are blanketed in graffiti. Because I've been graffitiing and writing these poems and weird sayings on the wall, thinking I'm creating artwork masterpieces. There's blood and drugs sprayed all over the wall from like me injecting and then shooting the blood and water on the walls with these needles. The walls have my, my fist punch holes in the walls that I've started shoving all these old syringes in the walls that's probably infected with hepatitis C at this point. Um, I'm sitting on a mattress on the floor of a pitch black room that is sweat and filth stained from sex, from pee, from sweat, from just, and there's filthy, dirty laundry next to me. There's a pile of clean clothes over in the corner, but I just pick something up to wear when I, when I feel like changing my clothes every nine days. You know what I mean? I'm not showering. And there's a little, there's a little rollaway table with a tiny monitor for a TV and a, a old school DVD player hooked up to it where I'm watching a stack of porn movies next to it. Um, I'm, I'm praying looking around this room I'm praying for like two weeks please make this stop I don't know how to do it I'm not strong enough I don't care who at this point shows up I don't care which one of you gods shows up someone get me the fuck out of here and the last day I remember I did 17 injections of meth and heroin and the last one I injected in a vein in my dick nothing is working I'm not now mind you I'm not missing the injections they're registering they're in you know and I finally have the insane you know, if you've ever done drugs, you inject a shot of meth in your vein in your penis. That's one fucking hell of a rush. And no, um, no dude, I've never. Yeah, well, never I don't done. recommend it. Let's. There's a public service <laughs> yeah. warning. Let's, America, don't try this, please. But uh, that was just the last one, and I remember like nothing's working, bro. Nothing. I'm not even getting. I'm not getting high. That much heroin or meth would have killed a horse. It definitely was probably the amount that Kurt Cobain had in his system when he died. I have done enough meth and heroin that I should be dead and nothing's working. And I remember finally putting this needle down and realizing I wasn't smart enough to know that my prayers had been answered. But when I did come to it, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, it, it, it's happening. It's not working. 17 shot injections of meth or heroin. I, it, it should, this, it, I should be dead. I should be in a psychosis. I should be high, overdosed. But I'm not, I'm sitting here normal and calm. Like it's just, someone made the decision that these drugs are not gonna work anymore. I've done, I've exceeded the limit. We've exceeded how fly we're gonna fly. We've hit the, we've hit the, the roof. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. Um, yeah. and it wasn't working. And I, when I was smart enough, I knocked on my door. I banged open my door and the door falls. And I called my mom and I said, mom, help me, I'm ready. I can't do this anymore. And she ran up the stairs and she says, are you ready? Mind you, they stopped helping me a while ago. They're not enabling me, they're not helping me. But she she runs up the stairs and she's like, all right, let's get you some help, let's do it. Let's get you out of that fucking room. And I remember looking back over my shoulder into that goddamn room and I was just, that room symbolizes everything that I hate. Everything that I hated was in that room. 
And I and I remember going down. She set me up on in the living room with a new DVD player, a new monitor, and bought me a stack of normal movies to watch. And uh, I sit down there and proceed to get on a waiting list for rehab and detox. And rehab is not as easy as people think. You got to get on a waiting list for an open bed. You got to get medically cleared and all that shit. But I sat down on this couch and drank myself every night to keep myself calm because I'm going through a pretty bad detox at this point, coming off meth and heroin. But I did it. I mean, right you just there on got the- done. Just got done doing 17 fucking shots of meth and heroin. Yeah, and like, I, and, yeah, you're gonna fucking come down. But me drinking helped me slide through that come down easy enough to where when my bed opened up, I went into detox and I got on stabilized on some medication that helped me get through the detox. And uh, that's where it began. I went from there to rehab to sober living to working in recovery. I had a couple jobs managing sober living homes and treatment centers, and then building myself up to the company where I'm at now. Yeah, I bet you that was a hard, long road, right? I mean, because well, to go through every, probably weren't open. To- well, to go through everything you got to go through to get sober, I tell people you can't do it for your kid, you can't do it for your wife, your girlfriend, your mom. You have to be at a place where you are spiritually and mentally broke. Where I was in that goddamn room, you have to be broken the fuck down. You have to be willing to basically do whatever they say. You can't just show up to rehab with your own list of rules. And what you want, no, that doesn't work at all. You, when you're ready to get clean, you show up like a sponge saying, I will do whatever the fuck you instruct me to do. If you tell me to suck a fart out of your ass, or if you tell me to clean your toilet six times a day, and that'll keep me out of that room on drugs, well, sign me up. I got, I'm puckered up ready to suck that fart, and I'll clean that toilet with my hand. That's how bad it was. So people that, all these hippie ideas, and well, we're gonna do this this way. No, no, it doesn't work that way. I've seen it time and time again, fail, fail, fail. It might work for a couple months, your little spiritual road. I tell people, they all, well, God's going to do it for me. I'm going to go to church and he's going to remove. No, listen, God's a small part of it. You have to be willing to do the footwork yourself and put in the work physically by yourself to stay sober. God's a part of it. Like God opened up that door and God shut down the process for me to get me ready to go. But God doesn't do any work for nobody. You have to do the work. God's right there on your shoulder, but God doesn't do it. So people that think they're going to just go to church and they're going to remove this addiction. No, there's just a lot of work that comes with getting rid of an addiction. And it's consistent, stable work. And it's a lot of that work is uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. But in the process, you get humble and you realize we're all the same. Yeah. And is it, it doesn't stop once you get out of the rehab. Absolutely not. That's actually, I tell people when you get out of rehab, that's when it starts. Yeah, because yeah, to learn how to rehab. to learn how to blend yourself into society, mind you, the rest of the world doesn't have a drug addiction. Most people don't give a fuck that we got ninety days sober. Most people are like, oh well, sorry, I do that regularly and go to work anyway. Most people don't slam drugs in their penis or their arms like we were doing. Normal people go to work and pay taxes and have families. So we, being addicts, we have to realize that we're the different group. We don't get to force our sobriety on other people. We have to learn how to work with the rest of the world. And do you coach people on that transition? Yeah, I do. I, t- I talk a lot and I help people a lot. There's a lot of people that, like like I say, my hat is off to you. I tell people this constantly. Oh, well, how'd you do it? Well, when I tell them how I do it and I tell them what works and I tell them the way I do it is the way it works for thousands of people. My way is the way that it's standard works. A-A-N-A, 
Alcoholics Anonymous, this is how it works. You do it this way. It has to be this way. You work steps. You you uh, volunteer your time. You give back in recovery. The people that think they're just going to go to church, we see them nine and a half times out of 10 relapse, relapse, relapse. You can't do it that way. It doesn't work. The reason it works this way is because it's tried and true. Yeah. So people uh, always want to hit me up. How do you do it? And they don't listen to me and they're always coming back. Why isn't it working? What's going on? I'm like, well, you haven't tried it my way yet. No. Well, I just, I always hear, well, I'm just going to do it for my son. I've got a great kid. Well, your kid's great, but you can't get sober for your kid. You can't, you have to be ready to do it for yourself. And in the process of that, you will find your kid back. Hopefully it's not too late. Yeah. That my two older kids, their mother is a drug addict Yeah, and in and out, in and yeah. out of the habit, man, going disappearing for fucking five, six days, man. you know, and just gone, man. And I'm just like, and I'm here as a father left. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would think like that's up. that's an example. You would think the kids are enough, but and again, that's not even her fault. She when no. you're under addiction, it's not that her kids aren't important, but that addiction is way over the top of those children. One of the days I pray to God that she'll see it, and she probably will, but it won't be for the kids, it'll be when she's done and she's hit her rock bottom. Yeah, I I hope to God one day she will. Well, we hope know, it's not too late because sometimes in this uncomfortable circle we're in. We we either commit crimes or we overdose and die. Like, bro, drugs are so dangerous today. I thank God I got off the drugs I was on. They are so dangerous on our streets that we're watching people die in record numbers. Record. It is astronomical right now. Well, so, I mean, we know the big buzzword right now is fentanyl, right? So yeah. back, was that a thing when you were doing drugs? Was no, fentanyl I did heroin. I haven't even heard that there's heroin on the streets anymore. It's just fentanyl and this new stuff called Trank. And whatever, I think even the methamphetamine has fentanyl cut into it too. So there's like, everything is based off fentanyl. Wait, wait, what's what is, what's Trank? Trank is something where they mix it with the fentanyl. And you see them acting like zombies where they're, they're like stuck, like nodding in and out and falling down and doing these weird, where they positions where you see them, they can't move. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. that is. Yeah, I've seen that on uh, you know YouTube and Instagram. Like, yeah. uh, what's that city up there? And um, well, is it Sacramento? San Francisco. They shut it down. San Francisco. Well, you see that yeah. the businesses are leaving. There's so many drug addicts on the streets, and it's weird because the city of San Francisco decided to make laws to protect the drug addicts to allow them to live on the streets, allow them to ruin businesses. They can't even get arrested for shoplifting. Businesses are not even allowed to protect their businesses. You're allowed to go in and shoplift now. And if you stop a shoplifter, you'll be arrested. What's wrong with America? That makes me, it's, that's insane. That's fucking nuts. That's in San Francisco? Yeah, Oregon too. Like these states what? are becoming havens for drug addicts to just, what's what's wrong with, what's happening to, like where's the incentive to, to work and have a business that will be protected by either the fire department or law enforcement or your politicians. People are being like, why am I even paying you taxes? You're not protected. Like, what's the point? Drug addicts, it's it's a new level of insanity. And this is why I speak out against, I'm not against the homeless. I'm not against drug addicts, but I'm against helping them because you're enabling them. There needs to be more consequences. You need to stop giving them money. Stop giving them drug supplies to do safe drugs. There are no safe drugs. It's like they're, the gonna whole, re, they're gonna take the needle and go use it with their best friend, just bro. became unsafe. Reuse yeah. again, reuse well, again. It's the whole policy of don't feed the bears. When you feed the bears, the bears come up. You don't feed the bears. 
The only way I got sober was by people backing away and I, me having to have that come to God moment by myself. The longer you give them needles, you give them drugs and food, they're never going to stop. Was, was that a thing when you got out and uh, of sober living? Some of your friends were coming over and be like, hey, I got some candy for you and drugs. No, because I made the decision when I got sober, there's three things that affect us as drug addicts, people, places, and things. I had to remove myself from all kinds of places. I had to stay away from certain people and a lot of certain things like pornography was a trigger. I had to stay away from all of that. Really? I mean, yeah. obviously you were watching pornography you know, throughout the day. Yeah. So that was also a habit. I mean, I guess it was, but that was like synonymous with my drug use. And like in normal sure. life, you could check my, this phone has never, this phone has never looked at porn ever, ever. Yeah, we're not going to go into your history, man. We don't need to go that deep, yeah. you know, we'll take yeah. your word for it. No, I get it, man. I, I, I get it. You know, I, you know, I struggled a little bit with porn myself. Yeah. I think a lot of us did who, I know a lot of us did who did meth and cocaine. That's for sure. 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 Yeah. I mean, that was being fueled by a bunch of other, you know, other issues. I think porn yeah. would probably be the least of the worries at that point, right? Yeah, the least of my worries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's nuts, man. So you get yeah. this, uh, you get the moment up, man, and now you're you're doing good. You're getting out. You're clean. Uh, and you've made just the really the conscious decision of I'm fucking done. I'm not. Yeah, but I like this. But I mean, I did make a decision. You have to make a decision and go with it. But at the same time. It was that moment that I tell people I was broke. There's a moment that as a drug addict, we have to reach to be able to realize that this has to stop. If you don't have that moment and you're constantly, people are constantly giving you drugs and supplies. I mean, if I was somewhere else and not in that fucked up room, I don't think that moment would have come. It came because of the circumstances and the environment I was in. And that's different for each addict. Each addict has a different come to God moment on his own. And those moments are very important. They're very important. So, so do you think if you were out on the street and living in a tent, do you think that come to Jesus moment? Would no. And that's why I think, I, no, I don't. It would not have come. And I think that's a disservice we also are doing by letting these people live on the streets like that. Not only is it unsafe for them, it's unsafe for our city, our community, our kids. Senior citizens can't walk down the streets. They're doing drugs in the open. In LA, I don't know how it is where you're at, but in LA, the cops don't arrest them. They allow them to inject and do drugs on bus benches. There's masturbation and sex crimes in the public eye. They're not even arrested for that, for nudity, for masturbating in public. Like the insanity of what's happening on our streets right now is, is it's, it's a tragedy. Like I, I didn't get, it's almost like, wow, well, getting sober, this is what the streets are turning into. And it's dangerous for families, for kids. This is what the kids are seeing like, wow, this is okay. Why should I go to school? Why should I go to work? I just get a 10, collect government GR money that all these working people will pay for. And these people are gonna pay for me to live in a tent and I don't have to contribute. And then I get to do drugs and the cops won't bother me. That's what our society is showing is okay. Yeah, no, it's, I, I... I, uh, I'm teaching my kids about drugs now and yeah. showing them like this is what life looks like if you go down that road. Yeah. This is potentially you could be doing because my kids, as one of them already knows, that you're not going to leave my household doing fucking drugs. Yeah. Not doing it. Yeah, not doing it. I'm not, a, you know, I'm, I'm not against marijuana, but I, I kind of got a little upset when they put marijuana on every corner in a dispensary too because now these kids are smoking like condensed 
processed, uh, chemically induced stronger marijuana than it was around when I was a kid. And then that's just leading them into other drugs. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are, they're like, we've okayed marijuana. Now what's next? Cocaine? Meth? Yeah. And you know why they did it? Because they're putting money over what's right and wrong because they Correct. can tax it. So that's more important than what's right and wrong for our families and our communities out there. Yeah. And now I mean, in record numbers, in record numbers, you got people driving around smoking marijuana. Like that's a DUI right there. Like that's insane too. Like it's, but there's not, not only DUI, but everything that goes into, you know, drug use at a young age. Yeah. You know, like, you know, essentially the government said, the government has said, Hey, it's okay for you to smoke marijuana because that, as soon as you turn 18, I think it is yeah. that you can go start smoking marijuana, just like a cigarette and just like, you know, drinking alcohol. Yeah. Even so what's next is cocaine, cocaine and meth are the next legalized. Like, yeah, let's just, we all see the behavior from these drugs. So let's just legalize that because we can make some money off it. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And keep people out of prison <laughs> where they should go. Yeah, man, that's. So you uh, you get you you're sober, man, and you've been sober for five years. Five years, May eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. Fuck, dude, that's awesome, dude. I, Thank you. Congratulations, man. Thank you, bro. That's that's awesome, man. Thank you. You know how? So you have what was your first date uh, face tattoo, man? I'm I'm just so. Oh, uh, my first face tattoo. Let me. I don't remember which one it was. I think um. I think I had a teardrop. And then I had like this, it says sweet revenge across my jawline. I think that was it. So why, why sweet revenge? Uh, it was, well, the revenge is weird. It's backwards in the mirror. So in the mirror, you can read it. You can't read it looking at it. I did it like oh. that. Yeah, I did it. I don't know, because it was in that time where I was angry at everybody and I wanted to pay everybody back. And I was obsessed with the, the thought of revenge, getting revenge on your enemies. And as you get older, you realize, man, I don't got the energy or the time for revenge. Leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you let that shit go. Yeah, I just let me, yeah, let me go. Let me get a cup of coffee and get home. Right? Huh. It's kind of wild how when you get older, man, you mature a little bit and you're just kind of like, wow, why was I so angry? Yeah. And I was really angry at myself. Yeah. Yeah, it was my, yeah. my choices that led me there. Yeah. Have you uh have you found it difficult, you know, because of you know, the face tattoos and stuff like that too? I mean, I did for a while, but in the industry that I work in, it's it's easy and I, I watch and see what goes on in the world and tattoos are so acceptable today and kids are starting with their damn face today and their neck. So, I mean, it's reverse. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's all guy who had a big old, huge just neck tattoo. And I don't know if he had any other tattoos, but no sleeves, no nothing. He was in short shorts and stuff yeah. like this. No, no tattoos anywhere. I was like, damn, that's a hell of a place to start. Yeah. Because you know? they're trying to show off in my day. You started on your arms, your legs, you built your way up. These kids today, it's just dumb. That I'm going to start with an AK-47 on my cheek and God. Just, yeah. I mean, have you ever regretted a tattoo? Yeah. Like I lasered off a lot of them from prison. I removed a lot of that stuff I had. Um, I don't want to say the word regret. I want to say that uh, um, I don't regret the memories and the stuff I went through getting them and my friends. But when you get older and you realize what's really happening, that stuff needs to stay in prison. It doesn't trans. It doesn't transfer to the outside world. And what I went through in prison doesn't work out here on the real world. Yeah. So some of the stuff I had, uh, I got rid of, and it had to go. Yeah. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, you have to. You have to let go of those memories. Yeah. And taking things away or letting go of the memories. 
Well, yeah, and I wouldn't be able to work in the industry I'm in if I had half the tattoos I had when I was in prison. So, yeah, yeah. They uh, so you work in the tattoo industry? Yeah, I work for Stolen Clothing. I'm I'm a model. I recruit. I organize uh, merchandise boxes. I run social media. I do conventions. I do sales. I do like. I mean, I'm just all over the map with them. No oh, shit. We mean recruit. What do you recruit? Well, I, I I have a good eye for picking like other tattooed females and males to wear, represent our brand and wear our clothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fucking sick, dude. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, uh, if you have somebody that's going through some of the stuff that you've went through, what would you tell them? Like about um, addiction. I wish I could say that that I would tell you something that would make you stop. But like I always say, you have to be ready. I can offer you some of my experience. I can give you some strength and some and some hope. But in all reality, you got to go through it and get to that spot where you're ready. You got to be broken. And and the one thing I can say is to repeat what I said earlier, you, you can't do it for nobody else. You got to do it for yourself. When you're ready and you're in that dark moment and you're looking up, you'll realize, hopefully you'll see before it's too late, it's time to change. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's good advice. Yeah. You know, before it's too late. Yeah. Before you know, it's too and late. That's, and this day and age, we know all too well that, I mean, it, it's just one bad fucking anything. Like you said, yeah. fentanyl, you know, that's, well, it's, uh, and it's, it only looks like it's going to get worse too. The way they're, they're making it. It's. I mean, it looks like they're trying to make it so it's okay. At least in California, to make it look like it's okay. What do you mean by that? Like drugs. They're making it. I mean, they're just making it like it's okay. They're trying. They pass more laws to help these people do drugs to help them be allowed to steal than they do to protect the rest of us who are working. Yeah. Like like in yeah. San Francisco, half the businesses have decided to leave the city. They lost Walmart, Nordstrom's, Best Buy, Walgreens. Um, not Best Buy, um, nor, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. They lost uh, Staples, Office Depot, whatever. These stores have all collectively decided to leave the city of San Francisco because of there's no there's no re, there's no protection or respect for them as people. They they are protecting the drug addicts who are breaking in and stealing. They're protecting them. Their employees are getting attacked in parking lots. There's no protection for working Americans. It looks like in California. We have decided for some odd reason to protect drugs and the people who use them over the people that go to work every day. And it only looks like it's yeah. getting worse. Yeah, it, it most likely is. I yeah. mean, especially in California. I don't know about anywhere else. No, my friends are like, moving to Texas and I'm really looking into Texas or Florida. Those look like better you, places. You, yeah, you might be pulling up rocks, huh? pulling up chocks and rolling. Yeah, yeah. 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 I dude, I've I'm I'm with you, man. I have looked at the same thing myself, man. Yeah. To get the hell out of California. Different, let's just say different sets of values and um uh something better that fits my 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 lifestyle. Sure. And the thing is though, is what people don't understand, and people don't live in California or spent any time in California, California is probably one of the best places ever. Beauty ever. wise, yeah. But when it comes yes. to all the liberal stuff, there's a little bit I say this lightly. I serve my country. Freedom is good, but freedom can also be bad. There is sometimes too much freedom. Freedom that goes to the obscene level of potential mental illness as well. Just because something is okay doesn't mean you need to do it. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't necessarily mean you need to do it. 
we're approaching a place where freedom, the word freedom is just being shoved too far into just weird zones. And I think that we need to dial it back a little bit on what's right and wrong common sense wise and not entertain some of the mental illness that's being run loose. I that's agree. me personally. I agree. No, I can agree with that a hundred percent. You know, I mean, I didn't serve my country. So I have to identify someone as a cat knowing damn well, you are not a cat. <laughs> I'm sorry that you are being allowed to say just because you have the freedom to say you're a cat. I don't have to entertain it with you. And we yeah. all know you're not a cat. Stop saying you're a cat. It sounds retarded. <laughs> it's just no, it's no, it's not. Dude, I'm I'm with you, dude. I mean, yeah. it's so it's so ridiculous that you know, when you have to identify people by fucking whatever they want to be identified by. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like 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 sir, ma'am, you know, you say that now and they're like, How do you know? Like, well, because you look like a yeah. Sir, you look like a man. Like I come from the place of just common sense. I don't entertain other people's. You have the right as an American yeah. to do what you want. It doesn't mean that I have to agree or get on board with what you're doing. You can yeah. do what you want. And I'm a firm believer. If you're an adult and you want to have an inter intercourse with a giraffe and you can make it happen, go for it. Doesn't mean I have to jump on board and play with you. You can do yeah. whatever you want, but I will not <laughs> entertain whatever idea you've falsely made in your idea of a head i'm gonna stick with good old american common sense yeah <laughs> oh man yeah talk about picking a fucking animal that would just i don't even know man. well i like giraffes because they're majestic. well i told someone it was funny because <laughs> i i got an argument on that debate and i'm like well i'm gonna start identifying as a giraffe i'm a majestic creature and i'm gonna if i say i'm a giraffe you gotta call me a giraffe that's just how it is you know yeah so, <laughs> Oh, man. I just, I think of, you know, people, what they've gone through, man, you've been through yeah. a fucking shitload, right? Yeah. I mean, did you ever in prison fucking have a guy be like, hey, look, you got to really identify me as a fucking hippo? No. because it's, it's, yeah. it's You want to know why? Because it's insane. Yeah. Because yeah, it's I mean, insane that we're, that we're even at a place where we might have, like, for example, what, what if I decide, or here, I heard this joke, what if Mike Tyson decides to go boxing women's boxing i mean at this point he has the right to right so do, do we understand how crazy that is like i can't that we're good that's a fucking whole different topic like yeah like you go look at these guys yeah they're like you know what i'm gonna become a woman and i'm gonna become an athlete yeah because you weren't fucking anything yeah. before you yeah. couldn't win shit because you get your ass stomped yeah. yeah, and the only way you can win is to go against a woman. Oh, but here's the, here's what's sad for women's rights. Some of these women have trained their whole damn life to get in these events. They've sacrificed and worked their ass off to be an Olympic swimmer, and to think that Steve decides to be Sandy now because he sucked on his own life, he's going to go ruin some girl's life who's worked her ass off, and then not think about you could get woman of the year for it. That's insane. Insane. It's insane that we are even at a level where we're entertaining it. Yeah, I I don't I don't get it. I don't get that at yeah. all. Like or to think about like, the head. Yeah, to, or to think about like women. when it came when it comes to woman of the year. What <laughs> about all the hardworking women? What about my mom who busted her ass, retired from the phone company, became at the middle age of forties, went back, to, got her doctorate degree to be a therapist? That's that's a better woman than someone who just transferred into a different sex. I mean, it's, Wait, it's did, your, 
Did your mom become a therapist because of what you went? Oh, I'm pretty sure I had something to do with that choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I helped. I helped design her next career choice. <laughs> yeah. Is she still a therapist? She's an LMFT with a full practice. Yeah, she's a great. She's great at what she does. No shit. Yeah, dude, that's good on her, man. Yeah, you know, saw her son struggling and was like, "Fuck, I need to understand it." Yeah, and yeah. in order to do that, is to get a psychology degree. That's yep. that's amazing, dude. Yeah, are you are you close to your parents now? Oh, I'm. I'm working. I'm still working on it with my dad, but me and my mom are, we are really good. Yeah. I mean, men have a harder time, I think, of forgiving. Yeah. And I, I've let my dad down pro- probably more than most fathers have been let down also. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had a rough road, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure he scratches his head and going, where the fuck did I go wrong? Sure you know, let him watch Boys, do, uh, not Boys to Men, Boys uh, in the Hood. Yeah. <laughs> No, my dad probably scratches his balls and is like, where the fuck did I go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, man. Dude, I, I, uh, so this part of the show, man, give, uh, how do people reach out to you, man? What, um, you can find me on, uh, on Instagram, Mohawk Matt underscore SFV. I got a TikTok. I don't, I think it might be the same name. I'm not really, no, TikTok's kind of new for me. It's kind of hard to figure out. Um, I got a Facebook, Matt Camerano. Um, Facebook though, I keep personal. If I don't know you, Facebook's only for my personal, like it's for people. If I know you personally, you can be on there. If you don't, you send me a request. I'm probably going to deny it. Um, but Instagram, I keep open. That's my, that's where I work. So I uh, find me on there. And, and again, anybody who wants to talk about recovery, I'm one of those dudes. I will respond to 60 messages a night if I have to, as long as you're not sending me no weirdo stuff. And I've had that too, believe me. But, uh, I, I make it a point to respond to everybody that I can. So if you need some help, man, Matt yeah. is a go-to guy, man. Hit yeah. him up on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know, so is that a sullen uh, shirt you're wearing right there, dude? Oh, yes, sir. It is. That's all I wear. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Thank you. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So make sure you go grab a t-shirt too. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, Matt, you're a badass, man. Thank you. You really are. Thank you. Because you went down a road that you weren't born into and you sought it out and it was a pretty bad treacherous road that you decided to go down to and went to prison got a drug addiction problem and decided I'm fucking done I'm done I have to leave this life because if I don't going to kill me yeah or, or somebody or somebody else or somebody else yeah and you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life through all the triumphs in your life you haven't given up yeah. you did not quit and you persevered yeah. you've now become a functioning member of society and you have a career and multiple careers yeah matt you're a badass my friend you really are dude Thank you, bro. I thank you for coming on the show. I thank you for coming out here and telling your story because I know your story is going to help a lot of people out, man. I hope so, man. That's, that's You know, that's my job. Once I got sober, I took on the mantle of our 12-step talks about like, we have to reach our hand back for the most part. I, 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 If I don't share it with you, I don't have much time to go to these meetings anymore. But when I do doing stuff like this, I, I do my best to give back and, and be there for people. Absolutely, man. And uh, this is going to be the last time we speak. So 
All right. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show again, dude. I would love to do that. We, we Definitely, we should so, do that. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Matt, thank you again, dude. All right, brother. Uh, it was a pleasure, man. If you have a heroic story and you'd like to share it, get in contact with us. Our information's in the bio. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe, like, and share. And then I'll see you on the next episode, badasses.